Good evening. Once again, it's an honor to be here. For me to be, to stand and to be here at Bay City, I feel more than home. Bay City is a home for me. I am what I am. My ministry has come to, to the level where it is because of the help, counseling, training, support from Bay City. And, I, and we, Jessica and I, treat Pastor Mike as our father and as our mentor. We respect him and uh, we honor him. If, if, he was, if he would be in Uganda, we would call him Bishop. <laughs> okay, otherwise, it's a lovely, uh, uh, lovely day. I just want to go through some slideshows. And then I'll finalize with what we were sh I was sharing this morning. And then we shall have a time of praying for one another uh, later at the end of the service. So I'll ask and request the people concerned to fly us to Uganda now. Thank you very much. Good. Just a little bit of a click so that you can know where Uganda is. You might not be knowing exactly where Uganda is in Africa. You see where there is A, that round A pointing, that is Uganda. It's a landlocked country between Kenya, Sudan, Democratic Republic of Congo, um, Rwanda, and Tanzania. Next. So that is now Uganda with the beautiful legs and uh, straight on, on the equator. So you can tell what the weather is on the equator. And, the, and as you see, I come from Mbale. Mbale is four hours from Entebbe or four hours from Kampala. East of Kampala, that is where I come from. Next. Next, please. Beautiful land, great beauty, and great, uh, beautiful, wonderful animals. So I want to challenge you that you take our trip Come and visit some of these animals and say hi to them. Next. In the countryside, and the life I was brought in, I was born in, is like this. These are the people who live by the countryside. And they're the people we are reaching with the gospel, telling them about the saving grace of the Lord. Because they assume that the Lord has forsaken them in that poor situation. So they end up even cursing God, saying, God, you have forgotten us. You have only blessed the white people, but not us. So we reach them by telling them, no, no, God is not a respecter of persons. He loves you equally the way he loves the white brothers. You see, so the, the, the third houses, the house is shared, is shared with rats. Rats live on the roof. They cause lots of noise at night. And they release fleas. Fleas bite children, fleas bite people, and they cause skin diseases like scabies and name them. No toilet. If you want to go to the toilet, go hide behind the bush. And when it rains, washes everything to the, to the creek. You go with your bucket to draw water back home. And tomorrow you are sick with cholera. You are sick with typhoid because of poor sanitation. Next, please. So I think you know this young man. That is John with an Akubra hat from Australia. Next. 
greetings and love from my, my beautiful wife. Remember three, week, three years ago, I was with her here. So she sent her love and regards and blessings. And she uh, honors you and she asks you, keep on visiting her and keep, us, keep on visiting us in Uganda and helping us where possible. And she was sick. She was unwell just before I left. She was sick with the typhoid, which nearly killed her life. By the time I left, she, was, she had uh, improved, but now she's, she's much better. And I spoke to her two days ago. She sent her love to you. Next. Now, this is about the orphan program or the orphan ministry. As I keep on sharing, the orphan ministry came as a result of my own brother dying with HIV AIDS, leaving seven children behind. That is when God birthed that heart, that burden of uh, looking after orphans, beginning with our late, uh, my own brother's children. So now later on, God spoke to me, said, John, I want you to, to become a father to other fatherless children outside your family. You see? So as Pastor Mike argued with God, I also argued with God. I said, but God, you know I'm poor. God, you know I can't make it. God, you know this. He said, no, I am God. I'll make you ways and open you doors. So that's how he opened doors for me to come and for, come for studies, uh, for training in New Zealand, and also share my heart and passion towards the orphans and towards my country. So what we do is we don't set up orphanages, but we, we get these children and we, they are looked after in the communities. They stay in the communities. They stay in homes with the guardians. Guardians might be related to them or not related to them. It depends. So what we do is we come along with them. We provide education. We provide medical. We provide home basic needs to bless the whole family. Next. We, we provide them things like mattresses. Children in Africa never sleep on mattresses. So we provide by them mattresses. That is a pile of mattresses that we, 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 we buy and supply, give to every child. And one mattress is a big blessing to the whole, the whole family. Four children sharing one mattress. You see, just lying across. One, one part of the body on the mattress, the other part on the floor. Very happy because at least they are sleeping on a mattress. You see, so that's why it's new generation, raising up a new generation of orphans who love God, who know God, and who know that God loves them. Next. We also buy them lantern lamps, which helps them protect them from uh, their house being burnt. These lantern lamps, um, since no electricity in, in the mud houses, so we buy them this. In most cases, we have, we have had our, many of our children being burnt because of the kerosene candles. As children play around, they knock on the kerosene, uh, the candle and the kerosene splashes, and the whole house catches fire. So we buy them these lantern lamps. We buy, also buy them mosquito nets. That green hanging thing is a mosquito net. Malaria is the main major killer disease in Africa. So, and it is caused by nothing but but the mosquito bite, mosquito bites. So we buy them mosquito bite, mosquito nets to protect them. Next. This is one of our child who was burnt. You see, she was burnt the whole of this body because of a candle, kerosene candle. You see, so the kerosene poured on 
on the, splashed on the, on the ground, and the whole house caught fire, and she was severely burned. Next. This is a, a school. Just to give you an overview, this is a school, and if you're lucky, some schools, there is concrete floor. In most schools, there is no concrete floor. It's just dirt, and children sit down, and if you're lucky, you find some few seats and some few chairs or benches. But in most cases, no benches, children sit down on the floor. So next, let me show you one of our schools that we started last year. This is our own school we started last year, uh, two years ago. And our, our orphans were walking long distances to school. So we set up this school where, at one of our churches to help our orphans. So it's three classrooms, but with 250 kids. 60 kids in a classroom per a teacher, per one teacher. Kids sitting on the floor. But in December last year, somebody came who was with the, with the malice. And he set fire on this school, so the school was set ablaze completely. But we began again. When the year began, we began again raising some new walls. Next. So that is our new walls. Um, no, I have, we have, it has no walls, but just we stuck some poles, some, some poles and half roof. Kids sit down on the, on the floor or on a, on a bench and writing on the laps. Teachers writing on a hanging or bends down and writes on a chalkboard. That's a chalkboard. So that is um, um, what we are doing so that we reach these communities and make a difference. We believe that we can make a difference even if without anything. The Lord is with us and with him we can make a difference. Next. Yeah, so that is a school teacher in, during his class time on a hanging chalkboard. On a good day, there is chalk. Most of the days, because we can't afford buying chalk, so teachers just end up talk, 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 and go. So you can imagine, you can compare that with New Zealand standard here. I visited a school in Australia. I realized that schools here have now changed. They use computerized boards. Just a matter of click, 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 using the fingers, and automatically the, word, the letters are automatically written on the board. We are still, back, we are still there right, using hanging chalkboards. Next. But these children write sponsor, to sponsors in Australia, in New Zealand. And if you're here, you are sponsoring a child. There are your letters out there in the bench. And the, your ch children you are, you are sponsoring are also expecting to receive a letter from you. At the moment, we are, we are caring for 300 orphans. That is uh, from uh, through Bay City and Fowey Lodge Bible School in Auckland and the, and the Christian Nationals Organization in, uh, in Australia. So it's a blessing and honor. But the Lord laid a burden on me for 2,000 orphans. That is my vision. Next. So we still have many on our books. Keep praying for us. Next. Now back to the church. This is the church building. And, and this black stuff you see here, those are the mud bricks that we mold ourselves. We mold the mud bricks. We, we dry them, fire them, and then prepare them for the building. So that's how we have money to raise, to raise the building, the church building we are. 
having, we are, okay, the church project we are building at the moment, we use our own mud bricks. But that is, the other one is the structure where we are worshipping at the moment, where Pastor Lynn and others have been coming. All the meetings have been conducted in that. On a good day, sunny day, it's very hot. On a rain day, it's very noisy because of the roof, tiny roof being so close. Next. That is the inside, inside part of the church uh, with the benches, very hard benches. And as you know, in Africa, we say no hurry in Africa. A church service can last for two, three hours. People sitting on those hard benches, very happy. They don't even want to go back home. See, next. So now we started to raise through the support of, of, uh, from Bay City. We are so, so grateful for the support sent from Bay City. We started raising this foundation in uh, like June, July 2009. And this is our new church building, which is going to help us in a lot of things. It's a multi-purpose thing for training and equipping of the leaders, for children indoor games, for conferences and seminars, for uh, counseling and counseling their AIDS-affected people, and lots of things. So it's a very, very essential, very important building for us as a ministry, and a very important base for us. Next. So that's, that is the Ugandan scaffoldings. Very good on the Ugandan standards. Approved by the government. I wonder whether they, your government can, would, could approve that here. Okay, so that is the window level with mud bricks. Next. Apparently that is the stage where the church building is. We've finished the walls. So where, what, that stage is, we are now trusting God for the roof on, you see. And the gentleman you see in the front is, is mixing dirt for more molding of more bricks. So that is how we come up with the mud bricks, and that enabled us to build that wonderful house. It can sit 700, the New Zealand style, New Zealand sitting, but Ugandan sitting, double that. Because we squeeze on benches. <laughs> yeah. So we are trusting God. Pray with us. We are trusting God for the roof on. And uh, when I was in New Australia five weeks ago, for five weeks I was in Australia, I was sharing about this roof and also sharing about um, the orphan program. And we, we managed to raise some money in Australia. I think, I just assume maybe 20000 um, uh, Australian dollars towards the roof. But the roof costs like 60,000 uh, New Zealand dollars um, because it's still, still trusses. Next, please. That is the inside view, the inside front view. It's well done. This house has been well done because Simon, who is a, a civil engineer in our church, has been supervising, making sure that everything is good. So, once, once in a while, the council, the engineers of the council, the government have been coming, checking, and they just keep, keep, keep on saying, this is wonderful, wonderfully, wonderfully done, but the only thing they are requesting us is to have the roof on before the year ends, because it's rain, raining day and night in Uganda. So, the muddy bricks become weak 
and being weakened by the, by the water as the water runs on it. So we need a roof on. Next. That is still the inside, but uh, the other side of the inside. So it's a very good, spacious um, building. Next. Yeah. That is it again from the other, the other angle. Lastly, this is the churches we plant in the countryside. This is uh, for, um, among the 33 churches we have planted. So we begin a church under a mango tree or any tree shed. Then later on we build such a temporal shelter and people worship their God there. And then later on we turn the roofs into tin roofs because grass is becoming scarce as the population in Uganda is increasing. Uganda has a population of 32 million. An area of like New Zealand or Tasmania. Tasmania. Some, some people compare Uganda to Tasmania. So you can imagine 33 or 32 million. You see? So that is our village church. Next. This, this is the pastor of that church. And he bikes 40 kilometers one way. To, to pastor this rural congregation. You see, so it takes him six hours. He leaves home at 4 a.m., reaches, reaches church maybe at 10 or 11. When it rains, he has to, to, to carry the bicycle on, the, on his head because the soil is very sticky, on the, sticks on the wheels. Next. He has been upgraded. This was done by the Christian Motorcycle Association in Victoria. They had fundraising uh, for maybe uh, nine to ten months, raising some funds to buy this pastor a motorbike. So now he has Yamaha Japan Make 125cc, which cannot get stuck at all. It's an off-road bike. So he's a very happy man, as you can see him smiling with all his teeth out. Now, lastly, that is uh, with the pastor's training using our ISOM, DVD, ISOM, uh, ISOM materials. And, and so well, we do carry the pastor's training and leader's training. So in a nutshell, that is just a little bit of, a little bit, a little bit of the report, what the Lord is doing and how far we've gone in Uganda. We appreciate your support and we continue to ask you, keep praying with us because the harvest is plenteous. And we are the people to do it. We are not waiting for any person. We don't wait for any white person or any blue person or any angel from heaven to come and do it. We are the one. This is our season. This is our generation to stand in the gap and make sure that something is done and the kingdom of God is being extended. That is what I believe. This is our generation, brothers. And, and sometimes... Uh, 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 I wonder to hear people saying, I'm still waiting on the Lord. I'm still waiting on the Lord. I wonder up to when shall you keep waiting on the Lord? Tomorrow you'll be weak. Tomorrow you'll be, you'll be old. Not to, to stand up, not to walk, not to go to Taiwan. So that's why I say that the right time for us to be serious and to be committed is now. The, rise, the, the, the time for us to arise. I love that song. Arise, church, arise. I like that song here. How many of you like the song? Arise, church. Wonderful. Arise, church, arise. That means arise now. 
Not tomorrow, not next year. But now. Okay. Now, let's just go back to what uh, we began sharing this morning. Just in a nutshell. And then we shall pray for another. We shall have a time for prayers to those who will be uh, interested in with prayers. Now, back to um, the heart problem. Proverbs 5, 4, verse 20. Where we were. We're just going back there, have a flashback, and then we shall move on shortly from there, go a little bit deeper uh, briefly, then we shall have a time before the Lord, a time with the Lord, a time to see that we align our hearts with the Lord. That's very, very important. You see, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 22-23. My son, Give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Verse 23. Keep your heart with diligence, with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. Remember, this is Solomon. Solomon is a, father, is a son of David. Who's, who, whom God said, David is a man out of my heart. Remember, this is Solomon whose heart was diverted because of the prostitutes he had and the concubines. The Bible says, the concubines and the many wives Solomon had diverted his heart from God. Remember, this is the same Solomon who is speaking to his son. Solomon went through so many challenges. And at the end of the day, he spoke to his son. He says, my son, I am aged enough. I've gone through experiences. But I remember my dad. He had the heart of God, like, like, like a heart of God. This is what I speak to you, my son. He said, my son, pay attention to my words. And he said, my son, keep my words in the midst of your heart. Midst of your heart. This is Solomon, an experienced pastor, an experienced leader. He's telling his son, keep my words in the midst of your heart. Why? He knew that Everything, everything in life springs from the heart. And that's why he says, for they are life to those who find them, and they are health. That, is, that means if you keep the word of God in your heart, you align yourself with the word of God, then that word begins again to flow out. It begins again to come back to your body, to create self in your body. He says it is health even to the body. This word, in the midst of your heart, and then as it begins manufacturing, then it creates health in your body. As I said in the morning, life begins from inside. Everything runs from inside out. Two major problems of the heart. There are, many, many, there are many problems. But tonight I'm going to share only the two major problems 
of the heart. Problem number one, storage. Storage. Storage is a big problem. And we have to be careful what we store in our hearts. Why? What you store determines the way you live. What you store in your heart determines the way you live. You are living the way you are living because of what you store in you. You can't live the way John lives. Because there are some of you who will never, who will never preach with a coat on. Jacket. But with John, he prefers preaching with a coat on. That is what is stored in me. Storage. Luke chapter 6 and verse 45. Luke 6, 45. If you don't mind, you can just uh, flip there quickly and then we move on. Storage. The Bible says, Luke 6, 45. A good man out of a good store of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of an evil store of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth will speak. Problem number one with our heart is storage. What you store in your heart is what you will bring out. What you stored in your heart is what the way you will behave. You, are, you behave the way you are behaving because that is what you stored. Storage. He says a good man out of a good treasures, he will bring out. He will bring forth good. So if it is good that is stored in you, good will come out. If it is hatred stored in you, hatred will come out. If it is jealousness stored in you, that is exactly what will come out. And this is the reason why Solomon told his son, my son, I know your heart is a store. Protect it. Make sure whatsoever enters in the store is good. Make sure whatsoever comes in will not defile you. Make sure whatsoever comes in, okay, will bring glory to the Lord. My son, protect your heart. In Romans 10.10, 10, he says, For with the heart, man believes for salvation. And with the mouth, your confession, I mean, with the heart, man believes for righteousness. And with your heart, with your mouth, confession to salvation. It is the heart that controls the soul. The soul is suche in Greek word. That is mind, emotions, and will. So it is the heart that controls the soul. Whatsoever goes in the heart, it will control the emotions. Or it will instruct Fire fuel the emotion. If it is bad, then emotions will show. It is from the heart that your thinking changes. And that is what is called transformation. 
But this one is called salvation. And this is why we need to guard our hearts with all diligence. I give you another scripture. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 30. If you have your Bible, if you don't, just listen to mine here. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 30. We read together. It says, a sound heart is life to the body. But, uh, but envy is rottenness to the bones. A sound heart is life to the body. But envy is rottenness to the bones. Why? Because rottenness is hidden in the heart. And as you leave it to grow, it makes the bones rot. That's why I'm speaking at one, the first problem of being storage. What you store in your heart will make your body rot, will bring even your physical appearance look bad. Storage matters a lot. He says a sound heart is life to the whole body. Brothers, we need to guard our hearts. Because our hearts will bring soundness to our bodies. Ask yourself, what are you storing in your heart? And I want to tell you that what we store is what will eat us, is what will consume us. What you store will eat you again. This is very, very important as a church for us to prepare our hearts for what is ahead of us. What is ahead of, ahead, ahead of this church as best city is ahead. Uh, is great. But God wants you to prepare your heart. Everybody, young, youths, all ministers, God is looking at how do you store and what is your storage? What you store will affect you. What you store will promote you. What you store will, prom- will demote you because it affects life flows from within. A sound heart. A sound heart is life to the body. Problem number two. I, I, I talked about storage. I'll come. We shall. I'll maybe. I'll finish, finalize there. Problem number two. The soil of your heart determines the harvest of your life. The soil of your heart determines the harvest. Of your life. Whether you like it or not. This is the biblical truth. The soil of your heart. Will determine the harvest of your life. I remember when I came to Christ. As a young man. A youth 16 years old. I prepared my heart. I gave God my heart. I said the Lord here is my heart. Here is my life. I want to serve you with all my life. And that has helped me to serve the Lord to the extent I am now because I availed my heart wisely. Matthew chapter 13. Problem number two. We are on problem number two, which is the soil of your heart determines the harvest of your life. Matthew chapter 13, verse 1 to verse 8. 13 verse 1. 
And the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And a great multitude were gathered together to him. So that he got into a boat and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shores. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. And the birds came and devoured the seed. Some seed fell on the stony place where they did not have much earth. And they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of the earth. But when the sun, when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no roots, they withered away. And some, some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground. And yielded a crop. Hundredfold. Some sixtyfold. Some thirtyfold. And then he finished by saying, He who has an ear, let him hear. The soil of your heart will determine the harvest of your life. These are three areas here. I know you know them, but allow God and the Holy Spirit to work something different and something new in your life and in your heart tonight. Four areas, wayside. Some seed fell by the wayside. As you remember, this is a wayside is a pathway. In a pathway, people, people use it, people trod on it, and a wayside becomes hard. Hard because it's trodden on. So as the seed falls on the wayside, it cannot penetrate because the soil is hard. It has been trodden by the feet of people, so the soil is hard. And as the seed keeps waiting, and the bird of the air also come up, they see the seed, and they snatch the seed. Now, the wayside is a type of heart which has been exposed. This is a heart that exposes the word of God. It leaves the word of God to be exposed, to be vulnerable to attacks. Sometimes through pride. Through pride. Pride is a wayside. It's a wayside type of soil. Many people in Africa, we, I, I call them, I know. They have an I know spirit. You preach somebody something, says, I know that. You preach on John 3.16 and say, I know the scripture. I know the scripture. He has no time to listen to what the spirit wants to speak to him through that scripture. So he creates what you call pride. And by so doing, he is exposing the word of God. He is exposing the word of God, vulnerable to the, for, for the enemy to come and snatch it. That is very, very dangerous. For us as believers. A stony ground. This is a thin layer on top of a rock. The seed had no depth in it. When persecution and the hardships came. They can't stand. 
These are Christians. This is us. We have a thin layer of some, some soil. We receive the word of God. But the word of God cannot go any further. Why? Because there is stones in our heart. And when persecutions come, hardships come, problems come, we melt. That is why you, you saw that when problems, when Goliath rose against, against the Israelites, Saul melted. His heart was a stony, on a stony ground. But David had a good heart. And that's why God says, David is a man of my own heart. A heart that can stand the heat. A heart that can stand the temptations and problems. A heart that can stand challenges. And this is the, the, the type of church that God wants to raise up in this generation. A church that can stand the heat. The going will not be easy. For us to bring an impact in New Zealand, in Hooks Bay, in Uganda, the going won't be easy. The going will be tough. But we also must be proved to be tough. How do we prove to be tough? Opening up our heart. I've seen many people melt. When hardships come, they melt away. Ministers melt away. Pastors melt away because of hardships. Why? Stony ground. No roots. No depth of the, of the seed. Seeds are vulnerable. Thorny ground. That's number, number three. The thorny ground. The seeds grew. The roots went deeper. We are very good. But they were choked by the outside surrounding. Outside surrounding. And the Bible calls them two ways they were choked. One, the cares of this world. Two, deceitfulness of riches. And this, this puts together both the rich and the poor. The poor have cares of the world. They are wondering, they are worrying how they will feed themselves. How they will look after their families. They have cares of the world. And the rich are deceived with their riches. They say, now, well, we have everything. I have everything I need. I don't need God now. I need all the money. I, I, I mean, I have all the money I need. So I don't need God. That type of person is on a thorny ground. Scotched, squeezed by the surrounding. Things surrounding us. Things surrounding you. Things surrounding your life. Squeeze and chuck the seed. And so the seed is there vulnerable to death. I repeat again by saying. The type of soil you have. Determines the harvest of life. The harvest of ministry. A good ground. A good ground. This is a soft ground. A welcoming ground. Welcoming the seed. As soon as the seed fell on it, it was welcome. It sank deep. The seed sank deep. This is a type of heart which is teachable. A teachable heart. A breaking heart. 
a contrite heart, a forgiving heart. And the Bible says, with such a heart, it yielded the crops. Brothers, this is what the heart of God is desiring for. A people who can yield crops. A hundredfold. Not everybody will yield a hundredfold. But at least you can yield sixtyfold. Not everybody can yield sixtyfold. But at least you can yield thirtyfold. Not everybody can yield thirtyfold. But at least you can yield tenfold. Ask yourself, what type of soil am I? It will determine your life. It will determine the harvest of your life. The harvest of your ministry. And this is where God is taking us as a ministry. This is where God is taking us as a church. He's looking for a church with a good ground. A ground that is teachable. A ground that understands. A ground that breaks before the Lord. A ground that forgives. A ground that welcomes the princes of the Holy Spirit. A ground that is ready to lay down their life for the Lord Jesus. That is a good ground. And that is what the Lord is looking. Here in Bay City, everywhere in Uganda, everywhere in the whole world, a good ground to yield the crops. That is what we are called for. We are called to yield the crops. But we must, first of all, make sure that our hearts are ready. They are a good ground. If it is a good ground, the Lord said, yes. Let whosoever has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying. God is looking for men with a good ground to sow into. Where is your heart? Is it a stony one? Is it a, is it a wayside one? Is it a, a thorny one? Or is it a good ground? Today is a day. And tonight is a night for us to examine ourselves. The Lord is looking for a good ground. The Lord uses people with good grounds. No matter what the people will say. No matter what the people will talk about you. But if you have a good ground, it will be known. And God will use that to expand his kingdom. It's the time for us to desire good grounds. I finish up with this scripture. Ezekiel 18 verse 37. Ezekiel. The book of Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 31. Sorry, 1831. This is the last one. Ezekiel 1831. He says, cast away from you all the transgressions which you have committed and get yourself a new heart. Get yourself a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die, O house of Israel? The Lord is speaking to us tonight. He says, get yourself a new heart. And that is a good heart, as a good heart with a good ground, soft, tender, teachable, understanding, forgiving, ready to sacrifice, ready to go when the Lord says go. Ready to let go of the past. He says, he says, come on, he says, get for yourself a new heart and a new spirit. How is your soil this morning? I mean tonight, how is, what is the soil of your heart like? 
will you get for yourself a new heart? The Lord is saying, get for yourself a new heart. Nobody will find it for you. Open up your heart and let it be a good ground for the Lord to begin using for multiplication. The Lord wants to use your heart, use you for multiplication. He says, get a new heart today. Get a new heart tonight. Change. Get a new spirit. Why should you die? Brothers, it's the time that the Lord is raising a new banner. And he says, get for yourself a new heart. A heart that can yield to me. A heart that can break. A heart that can welcome. A heart that can say, yes, here am I, Lord. A heart that can repent and change. A heart that is ready to go. We shall be praying together in a moment of time. You know yourself. I know myself. You know where you are. You know what you're storing in your heart. You know what type of life you're living. The Lord is looking for a new ground. He's looking for good ground to use for his multiplication. Will that be you or that will be me? I want to call back Pastor Mike on the stage. Later on, we shall pray for, we shall pray for another. I love you all. I love you all. And on Friday, I'll be flying back home to, to Uganda. I mean, I mean, on 7th. I'll be flying back to Uganda. I love you all. I'll take all your love and your regards. But remember, God is saying, take for yourself a new heart and a new spirit. That is a, a good ground which will multiply, bring forth fruits for the kingdom of Jews. Thank you very much. God bless you. Pastor Mike.